Gerhardt's back. The more things change, the more they stay the same. From NJ1015.com, this is the new Jim Gerhardt Podcast. And good morning, New Jersey. Welcome. It's the Jim Gerhardt Podcast. I'm Bob Williams and our wonderful, affable host, Jim Gerhardt. How you doing this morning, Jim? <laughs> I'm, do- I'm doing fine, Bob. You know, we used to ask the question, where are we going and why are we in the handbasket? Well, I would urge everybody now to grab the gunnels because the head, uh, the handbasket is heading into the, the maelstrom here. Yeah. Seriously, though, this this is somewhat these grim predictions suddenly after some rather moderate ones. But I was just thinking this fulfills a, a prophecy by a poet. Remember T.S. Eliot? Uh-huh. Part of a very famous poem said April is the cruelest month. And it looks like this is what the uh, president's uh, uh, virus committee is saying, that April, we're heading into a really bad time. Yeah. So uh, April is the cruelest month indeed. And this is the first time that uh, nobody was in the mood for an April Fool's joke yesterday. <laughs> it's a great day to just like prank your buddies and all that. But yeah, no, nobody's in the mood for that sort of thing. And it's a great cosmic joke going down. You know, something I want to jump right into this. Uh, the. Uh, Many things are, are, are expenses are being abated now. Uh, the tax deadline has been put off until July and uh, other things. But nobody's brought up property taxes because as of the end of this month, the first day of May, the quarterly property taxes are due. Right. Have you heard have you heard other than us, you know, discussing it yesterday and, and beyond? Has anybody mentioned deferral of property taxes or whether the state's going to go ahead and, and bleed people anyway. See, especially where it hit are the older people who are on fixed incomes and get hit with this abominable, despicable tax uh, simply because they were worked hard and acquired a place to live. Right Now the state does everything it can to take it away from them and drive them out of the state. So what is going to happen? Have you heard anything about that? Has there been any work? Has Bill mentioned it in the morning at all? No, we just started mentioning this morning. I was uh, talking about the podcast uh, on the air this morning, and he said, that's a great great thing. I don't think anybody has mentioned that. Um, And since the properties, the state uh, income tax deadline has been pushed off, just like the federal has into July, it stands to reason. Why wouldn't we get some sort of relief? Or a delay on paying our property taxes here, which is what first or second in the nation. Where are people are going to get their money to to pay these uh, bills at the end of the the second quarter, right? Well, this is the problem because here older people get a double whammy. First of all, we're told that anybody over sixty five or anybody with uh, of mature years, as we call it, those of us who are there, <laughs> right. and uh, they're the hardest hit by the virus, or are, are the least likely to survive, right. and. Uh, here we come with this, probably the biggest tax of the year, really, to, to certainly older people or retired people. Right. Um, so maybe somebody will address that. Now, I understand also, uh, aren't they going ahead with the toll increases on the roads? Anyway? I, I believe so. I haven't heard much more about that. But, um, yeah, it looks like there there's no stopping that. Um, at the Right now, if any people out there listening, we're looking for you to watching. We're looking for your comments. So start writing your comments on the scroll. How are you dealing with the uh, the lockdown here in New Jersey? How is it affecting you, your family, your business? Um, we'd love to get a couple of business shout outs here here on the feed so we can you know publicize. You're still working. You still uh, you got a restaurant, uh, what have you. If you're still trying to keep the lights on. 
just let us know because we'd like to share. And if you have some good uh, stories about people that are doing good things, and many people are throughout the state in your local communities, please share it with us so we can, you know, get it out there. Love to get shout outs because, Jim, I don't know about you, but I need some good news. <laughs> I mean, this this lockdown has gotten yeah. old, and I'm ready to bust out of here. I mean, I'm a little disadvantaged. Uh with this picture thing because i have to work on a little android my desktop and my laptop <laughs> somehow are, are, are the sound is, is messed up but that's a long story but anyway the point is you can't see but the shirt uh, that i have on will tell you pretty much what my life is right now stand up a little stand up okay can you see that oh yeah we can see books cat okay life is sweet okay <laughs> books and cats that that is my life right now so yeah. You know, people ask, you know, how, how many cats do you have? And I say, well, I have to wait till I get home and count because they just keep accumulating. You know how cats do. But oh, again, while, while, while we're doing a show and tell, I've got, uh, I got a great tumbler here that I was given to me by my kidney donor, Kim Rumis, on our one year anniversary back in uh, February. I don't know if you can see it, but it uh, says Team Kim Bob. And that was our walk team for the 5K for the sharing network last year. Um, for the New Jersey Sharing Network. And on the back, Kim wrote, my kidney brought us together and gave us a friendship forever. So I'm drinking, my, nice. fluids, drinking my fluids every day. I'm getting about a gallon's worth of water and different, uh, you know, well, maybe a cocktail or two. But I'm certainly... You're, 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 still, you're drinking water at a time like this? Oh, you have to, yeah. We, did your bar run dry? Or, I, understand, I understand liquor stores now are essential businesses. Is that right? Yes, they are. Damn straight. They got to be. <laughs> People and gun, and gun stores. <laughs> right. and the gun, well, the gun stores are open now, too. That got yeah. you uh, by, uh, by appointment. You can go in and uh, load up on your ammo or what have you uh, at your local retailer by appointment. And all that. <laughs> well, by the way, uh, I meant to say uh, April is Donate Life Month. That's why I brought uh, my Tumblr uh, today. So, um, you know, you can you can save a life by donating many uh, of, uh, different organs, tissues. You can save up about six or seven lives if you uh, find out. You can find out donatelife.gov to find out more about that. And the njsharingnetwork.gov is also a great website. Great resource. I think Netflix has a documentary about that. And I don't remember. I, I haven't watched it, but I, I seem to have skimmed by it at times. The whole uh, the whole package of uh, a business about transplants so and, and donations let me uh let me jump into something here uh the uh i uh hate to think that i am prophetic <laughs> but this one may have come home for ruth first of all for years i've been saying that we are in a situation with uh, it's like uh, uh what self-interest materialism on steroids Right. to the point of a, of a frenzy in this culture and something has to stop it has to end it can't go on as you can see it's sort of coming apart from the inside before this uh and i would always say unfortunately to push a reset button it's going to take some kind of a real calamity or a tragedy i had thought of it more in terms of economic because i could remember back during the depression when, when the life was obviously very hard but it was completely different and certainly people got along much better than they're doing now. There's none of this divisive politics of hate going on. Uh, but apparently this is a worldwide thing and it's very scary, very grim prospects here. And so maybe that's come to be. Now here's the other one that I've also said a number of times publicly 
that I think when this election comes, this is before anybody ever heard of the virus, before this election occurs, my guess is that the Democratic Party is going to come up with a candidate that we haven't even thought of right now. Uh, instead of the candidates who are running, which, well, you know, the, the Democratic slate, and it's narrowed down to two, I don't think anybody is comfortable with the ultimate last two choices standing, the last two standing. Uh, and so I was looking, I said, maybe there's going to be somebody else, almost like Obama came out of nowhere. Who ever heard of Senator Obama? Yeah. Or just this uh, Chicago politician called Obama. All of a sudden, I think the same thing is going to happen, but it's going to be Governor Cuomo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, would, I, would, I would just about make a prediction right now that your actual, after a convention, if they have one, after a candidate is actually chosen, my guess is that Governor Cuomo is going to be the candidate because of his exposure right now and how he's handling himself. And he has all the looks of this warrior. You can almost see him like Leonidas at Thermopylae, you know, the Spartans who are holding off uh, the Persians and <laughs> fighting to the last drop. Or the famous picture that I've mentioned before of Y.E. Fiddle, the giant quarterback, after a game on his knee with his helmet off, with his look of just being completely beaten, but, uh, you know, ready to go back for more. And uh, also, he has a big asset, and I, I'm not sure about this, but at one time listed as his, uh, by Wikipedia as his partner is a lady named Sandra Lee, who was a, a member of the, uh, the, the Cooking Network. She was one of the stars of the Cooking Network. Yes. Don't know if she is or not, because I haven't watched it for a while. Yeah. And, I'm, I'm not, and I, I think I was mentioned to you, I'm not sure if they're still together. I know that they were on and off for a while, so... Uh -huh. According to the Wikipedia, they're still together. Well, my point was she was a very attractive, gracious lady. Right. And this, we're used to having that as the, the so-called first ladies. And uh, I don't know. He's just this this whole thing is developing almost that way. And everything is in such such chaos right now that uh, a lot of things are going to happen that we were not have not thought of because we always assume this train that we're on, this American culture is going to keep going. Everybody on the train, the train moving at flank speed toward the storage shed or the garage where you put right. your stuff, which is the prime purpose of life, is accumulating stuff. That's how a person is known by the stuff that he has. And as I said, it has to end. Anytime you have uh, an economy that has haves and have-nots, it's not going to last for a long time because you have the, uh, the oligarchical situation with the elite on top. And right now, what have you got? You've got a handful of so-called billionaires. Everybody's a billionaire now. Right. Nobody's being a millionaire. And, and then the rest of us on the lower level, you know, we're kind of sinking lower and lower into the morass. Right. So it can't last. And so this is, is an opportunity, as we've said, for a reset button. And maybe somehow we can start over. But this is worldwide. And you have the poss possibility, just looking at what's going on now in the world, we have a situation in which our economy and the fact the world economy can be right brought to its knees. This could be a horrible thing, at which point the Chinese can step in and yeah. sort of take everything over or, or become the, the great influence in the world. This seems to be what they're, they're working toward. So a lot of things are going to happen uh, and we just don't know. So, right. so now and, uh, with, with the uh, Democratic Convention, wouldn't that be kind of a. Uh, a real slap in uh, the other candidates' faces if they did substitute someone like Governor Cuomo? 
It doesn't make any difference. Politicians are very happy to slap faces as long as it, it achieves their agenda. Really? They, they wouldn't hesitate. Not, not only is it a slap in the face, you know, a punch in the mouth. They don't care. Or a kick on the other end. Just uh, we, we want to win. And, and the people who would be displaced, which is Sanders and uh, Biden, uh, as it looks right now, they wouldn't mind. I mean, they would expect that. This is, this is part of the game that they play. And, and actually, uh, as far as uh, Biden is concerned, you know, he, he might be happy with that. Uh, he looks like he's struggling a lot. Yeah. So what, what are you doing? Uh, I, I mentioned cats and, and books. Uh, how are you passing the time? Well, it's kind of weird because you're working from home and then you walk away and it's like you're not walking away from your job. I'm still in the same location, you know, 24 seven. I'm I'm basically just staying home, I'm just walking around outside a little bit, driving to the stores, keeping out of people's. I'm doing curbside pickups for things. You know, local grocers are bringing stuff out to me, but I'm really trying to stay as isolated as possible. And uh, it's just getting old, Jim. I mean, I really miss, you know, interacting with people. I mean, the family's great, but. You know, <laughs> after two and a half weeks, this togetherness thing is a little, little bit overrated, you know. Somebody brought up at uh, the president's press conference, I think it was yesterday, about how this is going to lead to domestic violence. People having to be together, confined together, is going to be a spike in domestic violence. Right. And, and so uh, I guess and the, the questioner, one of these young twits who ask all the silly questions, uh, had in mind is, you know, what are you doing about that? Donald Trump didn't stop domestic violence. Well, of course you can't. Right. This is unfortunately this is going to be part and parcel of the whole thing. Somebody asked last week uh, a caller an excellent question, which I had no idea how to respond to. What about child custody? You know, people who yes. have joint custody and they the only thing you can do is to. Uh, this would depend on the relationship between the two the two parents involved, and somebody is going to have to be gracious enough. And it's very hard after a divorce. Many divorces are quite acrimonious. Uh, and the people don't like each other, it's going to be hard to do it. You have to determine one parent is going to have to hunker down with the kids. Uh, and that's that's just it. So these things are uh, unfortunately part and, parcel, are part and parcel of our culture and uh, nothing anybody can do about it. But just try, try to de-stress yourself as best you can. I don't know how you do it. Yeah. My, I spend most of my time reading and exercising. And of course, a plus, if there is such a thing now, the weather's getting better and the plants are starting to, to come out, to unfold. And so you can get out and do yard work. I have not left the confines of stately Gerhardt Manor since the, I think it was the 15th of March. <laughs> and I have no intention of going out. But there's enough yard work to do. I've got, a, like every like most people, I've accumulated a room full of exercise equipment, right. which is largely used for hanging clothes on. So this this gets into use and uh, read. There was old saying as a wise saying, live as if you will die tomorrow. Learn as if you'll live forever. And learning new things. It, it uh, we are told by neurologists that this sort of increases the function of the brain. It's it's activity. It's creating new cells and uh, will forestall a lot of the. Uh, what the infirmities of age so uh, start reading and read everything you can get your hands on also right. what i do I, I i watch very little television as such but i know netflix for example has documentaries and i have watched probably dozens and dozens of documentaries on practically everything from uh, from nutrition to politics to history a lot of history 
down to last night. This was the uh, a, a, a documentary, right, on the life of John Coltrane, the famous, you know, the jazz musician. Uh, Miles Davis, one of the people I've admired, right, who's <laughs> the guy I admire. I have a biography of him. I also get biographies. I can get them of Mozart, Beethoven, you know, Bach, Doc, anybody. Look it up. Yeah. And it's a learning process, but it's very entertaining. And it's not stressful. Yeah. If you watch the endless crime shows, the, the uh, Discovery oh. ID, or Forensic Files, or, or any, any of the, the, the common shows, they're all stressful. Yeah. Because it's one bit of mayhem <laughs> after the other. So anyway, I, I sort of yeah. would rest so, my case there. Yeah, so if anybody's got, to, so what are you guys doing out there uh, to pass the time away? Um, love to hear your ideas, some suggestions. I actually, you know, something now that come to think of it, I've actually taken some time to actually learn how to use my iPhone over the last couple of weeks because normally people just buy their phones and start making phone calls. Hello, hello. And you don't really know what your phone can do. So I've taken a lot of extra time to actually, oh, I didn't know I could do this. I didn't know uh, that, uh, you know, I didn't know it could take my pulse or my temperature. I didn't know that I could do a remote banking from my phone. It's amazing. <laughs> You're paying you all the phones. You can do an electrocardiogram. I, I, I downloaded a, an app that you, you can actually put your fingers on a thing and, and you know set it next to the phone, and it'll, it'll read out an electrocardiogram, which is interesting. Oh, one thing I want to do while we have time. One thing we have, and just happen to have it, uh, it is a sanitizing wand. Oh, yeah, show me that. My guess is, my guess is that this is is going to be very useful. Uh, supposedly, this is called Clean Wave Sanitizing Wand by Verilux. Now, I'm not trying to sell these, but I'll tell you, Amazon has them in stock because I just ordered another one, right. and it's forty-eight dollars. But you take this out, and this is supposed to kill all bacteria, ninety-nine point ninety-nine percent of bacteria. Uh, with this ultraviolet light. And, and again, as you can see, I hope you can see this, and you can run over things. What we use it for, if you stay inside, chances are you're not going to get any exposure, but we have things coming in. You get the mail every day. So you take this out to the mailbox, or when the Amazon delivery person comes, and you run it over the boxes. Take the box, put it down, and run this over the boxes. And, and also you can do it inside, but this is going to be useful even after this thing is over, because the kitchens especially, you know, pick up all kind of germ. Right. So, again, I, I just mentioned this because it is, I'm not selling them, I'm not a commission salesman. But if anybody's interested in this little wand, that according to the manufacturer anyway, and according to the, uh, the reviews, uh, seem to work for people, it could be something very useful to have. And as of a few minutes ago, I checked Amazon does have it. So, uh, speaking of the... Uh, President's uh, press conferences, I think you would join me and everybody would in hoping that they would make their case and sit down and shut up or go back inside. When they throw it open for questions, this is simply asking for trouble mm -hmm. because the president can't stop. Right. And some of these questions are set up, I'm sure. There was one the other day, I think I saw this, and this was a, uh, uh, a young reporter. Most of these are young people uh, who are probably sent over by their news services to try to bait the president. But and he, he keeps falling for it. But if I'm not mistaken, this was the one that said, well, in, in effect, uh, this, this, why is it or is it true, I guess, that most ventilators, more ventilators are going to Florida than are going to New York. 
Florida does not have it near a crisis. New York does. Why are the ventilators going there? Well, clear implication is, is because the next line was, we could, she didn't say, well, you have a home in Florida, so therefore you're sending. That's what she was trying to bait him into. Well, he, he didn't snap back because he's, he's held his temper far beyond what I thought he had any capacity to do. But uh, he sort of poo-pooed the whole thing and moved on to somebody else. This happened to be a, this young lady was, was uh, African-American. So the next day, here comes, I guess it was CNN, and they're coming up with this story, Governor, President Trump hates black women. Well, and based on that, the fact that he uh, disdained a, a, a bait by a person who just happened to be of that particular ethnicity has nothing to do with it. The worst one I've ever seen, i got to get this in, and I don't remember where I saw this. This was some kind of channel surfing. There was a clip from a morning program, I think it was on MSNBC, which I, last time I saw him, MSNBC was after 9-11. Then they went so far left, they got left of Che Guevara. So I decided <laughs> to eschew that. But well, yeah. uh, here is the morning, there was a man and a woman. And the man who has the morning show, therefore somebody must be watching that because this is not the kind of business that would let people hang on when the ratings are down. Uh, and he actually said, that the coronavirus uh, pandemic is caused by the White House, the, 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 the current administration in Washington, as a tool to exterminate older people. And he went into this long, tearful thing about all oh, our veterans, our heroes from the greatest generation, World War II, uh, from the Korean War, the Vietnam War, and now they're trying to use this to exterminate them all. That's based on the fact that older people seem to be more susceptible. Older people are more susceptible to everything. Right. Uh, uh, everything from viral diseases to human scorn. I just saw uh, a story this morning. A 104-year-old veteran had the virus, but he made a full recovery. And yeah. he's being honored. That's, uh, I don't know if he was a Marine or an Army, but 104 years old. And the guy came out of it. Whatever he was in, everybody's going to want to join now. <laughs> Getting back to that other thing with this idiot in the morning, you could say, okay, this is some kind of an idiot. But the, coming up with, with the most absurd thing I ever heard, that this whole pandemic worldwide is an attempt by the Trump administration to get rid of old veterans. Right. Uh, because they're going to be most infected. But the thing that so bothersome is somebody must be watching that. And there's right. got to be people out there who believe it. And believing it, yeah. Yeah. That, that's as scary as the virus is. Yes. So, uh, couple of comments. A uh, couple of comments. Uh, Rich says that on the bright side, gas is, prices are low. The weather's getting nice, so take a ride by yourself and uh, practice social distancing and and enjoy that below two dollars a gallon. That, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. Just don't get out of the car. Yeah, pretty much. Watch, watch it when you you use the self serve pump if you use it. Be very, very careful because uh, heaven knows where that's been. Well, I think they, the governor did speak up about that, and they're not going to allow self-serve here in the state, even through through the uh, through the emergency. And I think we were, you know, talking about that last week, but I think it was. Uh, okay, yeah. oh, good. I, I think I think the the, the criticism of the governor was certainly unmerited. I think. There's such an instinct in this country to jump on any politician on the side opposite yours or does not believe exactly like you do right? and try to completely annihilate him and destroy him 
it's just a knee-jerk instinct right now. We've gotten that bad. You talk about the, the derangement, uh, what is it, syndrome, the Trump derangement syndrome. This thing that I just talked about is such a great example of that. Uh, it, it's, it's absolutely brainless and witless. You know, talking about getting rid of older people, a little trip down memory lane. When the Congress and the President Obama, they were discussing Obamacare. This is before it became the law. There actually was a proposal by a doctor uh, who was brother, just coincidentally, turned out to be the brother of the man who was the president's chief of staff, Ron Manuel, and now and the mayor of Chicago. His brother was apparently a prominent physician. He was on the group, the, the core group, who are drawing up Obamacare. One of his proposals was that the government would have a single pay system, but you do not extend medical coverage to anybody over 70. And his point was, let them die. They're going to die anyway. Well, now, how, how ridiculous is that? And yet that was in a proposal by one of the people who were responsible for drawing up Obamacare. Thank God that, that didn't fly anyway. I'd love to see his feeling on the night before his 70th birthday. Yeah. You want to see a bit of metanoia. So, <laughs> well, I, I got, uh, I, you know, I was talking about the, uh, uh, the governor's uh, press conferences. One of the, see, the Democrats now, this is an hysteria to change regimes, as it were. They're making, and I say this is the, the Democrat elite, not the average Democratic voter out there at all. It was hardly associated with this. But the main thing is to de-unseat Trump. Uh, in the in the election, and so they will do anything. But one of their key points now, talking points, is that Trump had downplayed the danger, and all of a sudden, only yesterday or the day before, did he get religion and see it as a huge calamity. He was downplaying it. Well, I don't remember any anybody on the other side back in January when they're they're damning him for not doing something about it then. I don't remember any prominent person on the Democratic side who was up jumping up and down yelling about it either. Right. The first thing the first thing the president did, yeah, the first thing the president did was put in that travel ban uh, between the US and China to basically stop the So but even though I mean they make an argument okay he was behind uh, what the Koreans did in the Ubangans you know or, or you know or whatever. Uh, but I, it seems to me what's going on there is, is so-called downplaying the danger. There was a certain amount of that, there's no doubt about it, with a, a, a rosier picture of the outcome than it turned out to be. Uh, and everybody had the same kind of concept there. We'll live through this like another flu. But I think what was going on there, it was just an attempt to keep the lid on panic. And you can understand that, because all you needed was for the president to jump up at one time, we're all going to die, you know, and... and uh, you can see what would happen out there. It's going to be worse or worse than it is now. But you know what happens, and, and it's very human. If you are with a person who has been very seriously struck down with something, and you're trying to keep them until the, uh, the EMTs get there, what are you going to say? You're going to say, oh, it's going to be all right. You're going to be okay. And you say that from the time the child gets the first snuffle. Look, just relax. It's going to be okay. You know, it's not going to be okay. It's kind of like the the uh, the good dog syndrome, and that is if you run into a vicious dog who's snarling at you, what's the first thing you say? Nice doggy. Yes, of course. Nice. It's not a nice doggy. He wants to tear your throat out. But what do you say? You nice dog. Be a good and dog. So I think this is kind of what we're doing. 
it, it, so you, you'll say in a situation like that, well, look, everybody's going to be fine. What else are you going to do? I mean, you're supposed to be the leader, so you have to be a bit optimistic. So I think that that's simply a, uh, a political talking point. Yeah. Chris, um, Chris makes the comment he's going trout fishing to uh, pass the time away. Trout season was opened early because of the uh, emergency. So I guess you can practice social distancing while throwing your uh, your line into the stream or reservoir, what have you. So that's, that's a good cool. idea. I've not heard that trout carry the virus. <laughs> but you know, who, who knows what's coming? Hey, you know something interesting based on that? We're talking about older people. Do you know, once you're 70, you don't have to buy a fishing license in New Jersey. Did Perfect. you know that? No, I didn't. Yeah, nobody over 70 has to buy a fishing license. So if you're over 70, don't buy a fishing license. There's nothing they can do about it. Yeah. And if the game warden comes down, just tell him stay six feet away. And uh, you can write all the tickets you want, but stay six feet away. Drop it on the ground. Hey, John uh, says that he's passing the time by, and you'll love this, since you're a big fan, watching old reruns on TV from the 50s to the 70s, maybe a cartoon or two. I know you're a big cartoon buff from back in the yeah, day. Yeah, of that era, yeah. Yes, yeah. you know, I have box sets of all the Bullwinkle. I have Dick Dastardly. I have Crazy Cat. I've got a whole shelf full of these things. And <laughs> I, I start, but but you, I'm surprised you're not. I, 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 I'm sitting here. What I'm doing, I'm sitting at this, this desk where I sit in front of, you know, the books that I'm currently engaged in reading. Some of them, because like many readers, you know, you read something, you get tired, then you jump to something else. Uh, but I again, uh, it's a, it's a great way and certainly a very productive way to pass some of the time. So dig into your bookshelves, other right. things you have read. Yeah. I, you know, I'll tell you one, one of my favorite books of all time. And, and again, Amazon has it if you want. It's called A Confederacy of Dunces. It's got to be the greatest work of humor written in America. Right. And it's written by a young man named John Kennedy Toole, who, because he couldn't get this published, killed himself. And later, his mother kept pushing. And finally, the LSU, Louisiana State University, because it's about New Orleans, right. published. You'll love it. You'll absolutely love it. I, see, I'm in the middle of that because I read it once a year and have for years. So. so you and I were talking before the show, things that you think will change after the emergency is over the way people yeah. are doing things. I think you mentioned something about the way political votes may be taken, correct? Yeah, and this is, you see, this is another thing, and I've been yelling about this for years. Anybody who wants to go back 26 years when I started doing the morning show, I was yelling about this. Why, de why not decentralize the legislative process? It would have a lot of positive results. In other words, the, the, the system of people who are elected officials getting together, going to a central point, gathering point, which would be a state house, goes back to the horse and buggy days. I have a very good biography of Abraham Lincoln, and they dwell on the difficulty back in those days in the mid-1800s of getting to, for him, when he was a young legislator, getting to Springfield to the state house, uh, going through mud, <laughs> you know, the carriage breaking down, the horse breaking down and all of this. Right. So you had to gather because you, 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 you couldn't meet and, and debate otherwise. We're in the electronic age. Everybody can do it at home. Look what we're doing from home. Look what everybody's doing from home right now. They're doing it from home. Mm -hmm. Why not confine them to their local offices, their district offices, all politicians, including the United States Congress? They would be among the people, which would be a very big plus. They would be know what's on the people's mind, what the people need. It also would befuddle the Dickens out of lobbyists. <laughs> so it would have something to do with this commercial influence.
Right, because everything is centrally located in D.C. right now. So they'd have to go into the local towns to find and pay, right? Yeah. Yeah, but what you did, you did the state house, the state houses were built, houses, uh, houses of legislature and government were built uh, to intimidate people. They would build these enormous mausoleums. Can you imagine? Now, we don't think too much of it looking at like the state houses or White House or something now, but in its day, there was nothing beyond one level high. <laughs> right. You know? right. And uh, these were so imposing. They intimidate the people. Yeah. And so we don't need that huge mausoleum sitting on State Street down there, this ancient, uh, antiquated thing. You could take the State House and say, what would we do with that? Seriously, it would make a museum or something. Or you could just be very modern with it and you turn it into a strip mall hmm. where you've got a mattress store, you've got a pizzeria, and you've got six nail polishing salons, <laughs> like everything else. Right. But, but Anyway, I think it's something very, very serious. You do not need to gather anymore with the electronics. And we are proof of that right now. And of course, we're talking small cameras, but you could have them so that everybody could see, you know, what was going on. You could bring a multiplicity of people into this and uh, they could do everything they do now and probably do it better with less outside influence. Right. And and the reason for the discussion about this is because of what the congressman, congressman from Kentucky did as far as making a, a voice vote on the stimulus package about a week or so ago. He required everybody to, to gather in the chamber to take a voice vote as to, opposed to doing what we're suggesting here, that you could do it online or, you know, yeah. remote, remotely. So I, I think that's certainly, I, I agree with you. This, it's certainly going to be up for review and certainly why not? Why can't we do that? Why do we have to keep doing things the same way they were? Done. Okay. The name for that condition. I think what he was doing, his ego had. He was at least he was getting his fifteen minutes of fame. Right. Roger Stone, who was fallen into some kind of disgrace, he was an advisor to the president. I think he's going off to the Graybar Hotel right now for a term. Uh, he said it is better to be infamous than to not be famous. Yes. Right. <laughs> and so there was a story, and I don't remember the name. Uh, back in in Greece, ancient Greece. There was a young man who set fire to the uh, Parthenon, and the reason he did it was so that his name would go down in history, yeah. even though he didn't go down very far once they caught him. That was sort of the end of him. But nevertheless, right. uh, uh, and so I'm disproving that now because I can't remember his name. Maybe in Greece they do. I don't know. Uh, before we go this morning, let's do a big salute and a great big thank you to all of the medical professionals out there who are going above and beyond, working double shifts putting their own health at risks, uh, taking care of everybody. And, you know, I, I've got a nurse in our family, my sister-in-law, Kim, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate, either, you know, police or first responders or doctors, nurses, medical professionals. It's an amazing thing. You are the heroes. You are the, you're on the front lines and we can't do this without you. And, you know, it's not just saying it tritely. We, it, from the bottom of our hearts, we are, we are grateful to you for being out there. Confined at home and inside the home is very difficult to to, uh, to to encompass, get your mind around what's going on, like in New York, among the, the medical people. You're absolutely right. And there are people who are running in. You know, it's, it's, it's analogous, I think, to 9-11, when the firefighters and the police and all the responders rushed into a building without thinking. And if they'd had a chance, if they had stopped and thought, they would have known that there were 
good chance they'd be doomed, right. which, of course, hundreds of thousands of them were. Uh, and yet they did it anyway. Uh, it's a, it's, it's, that, it is an amazing human quality. Yep. And the rest of us can only sit back and, 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 and with our mouths open in awe and say, thank you. You're right. Right. So um, I guess that's going to wrap it for this morning. Lou Hockman, our uh, director, says, Jim, Bob, time to go. So we'll be back next week, 1030. Yep. Time to say goodbye to all our company. Z K E Y. Oh boy. What a world. We want, to thank, we want to thank you for being here and keep it yes. on the G101.5 round the clock coverage of the coronavirus uh, situation, news updates throughout the day and throughout the night. And right here on our digital platform, New Jersey 101.5, on the Facebook, nj1015.com. Make sure you've downloaded the app if you haven't for your mobile device and keep it right here. We're keeping you informed and we, we're grateful for you. Stay healthy, stay, stay safe. And as Tiny Tim said, God bless us, everyone. <laughs>